Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Yes. Good morning. Good morning. The Flyers won last night. Back-to-back wins. West Coast. Hype is real. Everybody get excited. Playoffs, here we come. Welcome <laughs> to the Morning After Recap. I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad. Anthony Sanfilippo's here at Ann San Philly. Bundy's here at Cetarian 6. A lot to get into. We have positives. We have one very sad bit of news for uh, Flyers fans out there. If you didn't join us on YouTube for the, the pre-show banter, we'll get into that. Uh, in a little bit, lost a member of the Flyers' uh, extended family. Uh, at, it seems like either this morning or, or yesterday, so it happened this weekend. And uh, hopefully Bundy's got a funny story by the time we get there to, to tell about this man. Uh, somebody who actually was requested by people uh, when we said, hey, who do you guys want to see us bring on the show as a guest? A bunch of people requested this guy. So hopefully Bundy's got a good story uh, queued up for that. But before we get into... That bit of sad news. Let's start off on a positive note here. The Flyers won last night. Uh, it was a big game for Bill Meltzer. It was a big game for Morgan Frost. <laughs> Let's get into it. The Flyers won 4-2. to two. Anthony, let me go to you first. Is this well, redemption? Is I, Bill look, Meltzer this morning listening to the song stop. Vindicated by Dashboard so here's Confessional? The, uh, here's what I'm going to start with. Love I'm going to start, I'm gonna start not making I'm going to start with... So here's what I'm going to start with. Because... This just goes to show that you're, you know, you're the sensationalist on this show, and I'm the pragmatist on this show, because you're going to sit here and you're going to focus on the fact that Morgan Frost scored two goals, and oh my God, this is all the guy, the guy we've only been talking about all season long, and the him and Torts, they don't like each other, and this and that, and he gets two goals. Go back and look at those two goals. The first goal was pure dumb luck, right? Throwing oh, he's the pass out from behind. Already. No, I'm not. Oh. I'm going to get to a point. He throws it out from behind the net, bounces off a Kings player skate, and then goes in. The second goal I thought was a very strong goal by Morgan Frost. Gets in front of the net, goes to an area that he doesn't get to, which is why Torts doesn't particularly like his style of game, um, and gets a goal on a deflection on a shot by Nick Sealer. I thought he had a really good game. That's fine. But is that the story of the game yesterday? Or is the story of the game that Carter Hart was sick again and Cal Peterson comes into the game and you're thinking, oh, my God, this guy got torched last time they played the Kings. He stinks. Goes out and has a hell of a game in net. That's the story of the game. That's what we should be leading with. I think we could talk about Morgan Frost. But, I mean, let's not jump jump all over the you know the sensationalist storyline just because there's a, a thing with him and then and then and torts and then you got bill Meltzer and everything else the story of this game is the flyers got really good goaltending from cal peterson and that's the difference between them you know coming away with a with four points on this three-game trip to california i i i think that we would be burying the lead if we don't give props to the goaltending from last night who picked the flyers last night that would be you, Bundy. Congratulations, Bundy. Bundy. Although I, I guarantee you, you were regretting it when you heard when you saw the. No, that, that I didn't Carter even know was... what was in when I picked it. I had done like a follow up. I didn't <laughs> care who was playing. I really, I thought the Flyers were going to win last night on a yeah, revenge okay. game. It was too. I'm not. I'm. I'm not bullshitting you. I no, I hear you. I know. The games were just too close together that I thought from the loss last week, and I thought the Flyers had momentum coming off Anaheim. Yeah. Listen, there was parts of that game in Anaheim where they got. 
You know, they were dancing around their own zone. But, you know, it's funny. L.A. looked like that team, too, last night. Yeah. And, and Morgan Frost. All right, first of all, I know what Meltzer, we talk about Meltzer, and we love Meltzer. He's a friend of the love show. He's a, he's a personal friend. Yeah. His his thinking is a lot like mine is that, okay, so a, a puck went in off someone's skate, right? And that's kind of a play. But the puck still went in, right? And they're, they're short. This has been a team that struggled for offense a lot. And I think that when I look at a team like this, they need a lot of good things to happen to them, and they need small things to have to happen to them to have success. And Morgan Frost, as I've been a fan, maybe not quite uh, you know, to Bill's liking, but I believe that in a league that doesn't have enough skill, that you need to find every bit of it you have, even if it's not to the coach's liking. Two, he had two goals last night. He had an assist the night before. Yeah. I really I really felt like it was like if he didn't have a first, good first two games of the year, he was going in the doghouse because, Anthony, we knew he was going in the doghouse. Right. He was going in in August whether he fucking liked it or not. And I think that's a part that we have to get accustomed to. He has to be at the top of his game every single night for the coach to probably keep him in the lineup. And that's wrong. We had to do I just the had Bob. to make sure we got that in there. We I forgot about sure it. I, but that's what I'm saying to you guys. I think, like, you know, that was good that he got two goals. And we said, you know, what if we put him in San Jose, maybe he gets lucky. But you know what? Congratulations to Morgan Frost, right? Because the adage is he doesn't play good against good teams. Well, what was that last night? That was a good team. He played, he played well. Great, he, played, he played really well last night. He, he absolutely played well. He a big, strong, heavy team, and he got two goals in the game, and it was one of them was a game winner. And so you know what I'm going to say right now, and I'll finish up. Good job, Torts. You got your guy going. Mm-hmm. You got your guy going. And you know what? Good job, Morgan Frost, because you proved your fucking coach was wrong. And that's the way this marriage is supposed to work. That's how it's supposed to go. Oh, the I'm, coach benches a player if it was really worthy of benching the guy for the right reasons. And so what the coach, the player did exactly what you're supposed to do. Go shove it up your coach's ass for being a prick. And that's exactly in plain English what hockey players say in the locker room. That lingo right there. And, and Bunny, I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said that because I have a story that's going to be posted on Crossing Broad uh, as soon as this show is over. Um, so I have to put a photo in, and I got to do that work. I can't do that at the same time I'm doing this. But um, <laughs> I, that's exactly what I wrote. I basically wrote, "Guess what? Torts did what he had to do to get this guy going. Now, does it last? We don't know. We'll see." Now, did he go too far? I think that it's possible that he went a little oh, far. Oh, for sure. With it, yeah, right? But at the same time, maybe that's the kind of thing that, that Morgan needs. Maybe he's that kind of player. Maybe you need to understand. So a lot of times you know, what we don't think about coaching is is how you manage people, right? How you manage humans, and sometimes maybe he realizes that Morgan's the kind of kid that needs to sometimes be pushed to that brink to finally play that kind of game. Maybe I don't. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any insight into that to say that that's exactly what it is because Torts Torts does not share that information with with people. Um, but I think that that's possible that that's what he was doing. And I think that you pointing it, pointing that out, I think is smart. I think it's smart. You know, observation by you because I think that that's exactly what he what is happening here. Now, we've seen him do it with Frost before, and Frost has responded and then not played well again. 
the question is, will this time, will it matter more to Morgan? Will he realize and then keep that kind of level of play, you know, say, and continue to shove it up his coach's ass? Does right. he continue well, to do it? That, I mean, that's what we're at, we're, the point we're going to have to go to from, the, from here, but it's a good start. But I still, I still don't know what Torts' message was. Was it one where he just said, you know, I don't like this guy, and, and I really don't want him in my lineup? So there's two th- thoughts on it. And yeah. so then he comes back in the lineup, and my thinking is, well, he played good. So it's really easy for the coach to say, hey, look at what I did to that guy. You know, I made him a better player. But was it also just that it was Frost's turn to go back in lineup? My issue with the whole thing has been the spirit of fairness. And none of this has been fair at all to the player because there's been other guys that should have been out of the lineup as much as Morgan Frost warranted being out of the lineup in the coach's mind. There's a lot a lot of people. You don't have to be the head coach to know it. I played this game a long time too, and I know how players are handled, and I'm just not sure what the intentions were well, let me, the, for this. He, was, he but, sucked the first two games. Yeah. But well, let me ask you. But, but let ahead. me ask you this then. Let me ask you this from this perspective then, Bundy. As someone who's been in in the, these battles for years and years, like you were in those locker rooms, you know more, maybe more than even than anybody else. When you get everybody, when you get a team of hard workers and, and characters like this Flyers team is, and, and, and there's no question. I mean, um, you know, Todd McClellan called them even after a five nothing win in Philly last week. I was standing there talking to McClellan. And he he called it a character team. Okay, so there there is a belief that there's a that this is a team that is buying in. What why it why then if it's if it impacts players that way, why does the team then buy into what the coach is doing? Like if you if they all hate him so much, wouldn't they just be wouldn't they be more unwilling? Or does that does that at that level does that what drives you to to be a prove it prove them wrong kind of player all the time? Yeah, I don't think it's a matter of the players hating him. I think there's one situation that we're looking at. I mean, there's certain, there's so Torts is a guy where you're going to have guys that really like him and guys that really hate him. Like, mm-hmm. there's no in between. I don't need to be a psychologist to figure that out. Right. So I think the one thing with a guy like that is so there's a there's this is another part of it, and I and I don't I never believed in this theory per se, but. When Hitchcock won in Dallas, right, there was an old theory that went around the league that he made his players fucking hate him so much that they played in spite of him. Like they played because they hated him so much and that that was his plan was to make guys rally against him and go play to win. I don't believe that because I think it's a hard thing to do and I don't think Torts does. I don't think he'd like to be hated by people. But whatever he's doing is working to a point because those are two good wins on a, on a Friday and Saturday yeah. Uh, and no, and then again, but we're still going to see the ebbs and flows and the roller coaster to this team, because at the end of the day, the talent and the ultimate skill will shine through. And I think this is going to alleviate this team of the points. But to where we're at right now, um, I always look at the first 20 game mark, first 10 and then 20. And right now they're they're not doing too, too bad for a team that's approaching the 20 game mark. They've had a pretty decent start. They've been resilient. And yes, they've played with a lot of character, which is why they haven't been able to rely on on top-heavy skill guys because they don't have them. So how do you make up for that in hockey? A lot of character, a lot of determination, a lot of effort, and a lot of doing things in a north-south manner on the ice, not east-west, because that won't work. And for the most part, most nights they've done that. No, and I think you're you're spot on with that. And, and look... <laughs> 
I think I've we've I've said before we didn't do our official twenty game predictions, but I, I think I said at the beginning of this whole thing, um, I expected them to be uh, around five hundred at the twenty game mark, right around five hundred, right? I mean that's kind of where where I thought they would be. Um, I think the schedule gets a little bit hard in the second half for them, and and then fine, we'll we'll figure it out, um, you know, at that point and see where we're at. Uh, but I I think that there is a lot of value to the way that they're playing for these players you stay in it for a period of time you you believe in each other you want to win for each other it's it's the right kind of mentality to have and this is why I always push back against the rust mentality of tear it all down until it's until you're at the studs and then start over again I don't buy that because it doesn't work in for, in theory, it's a nice thought process, but it doesn't work if, as a competitive athlete, when you get when you when you lose a, and, and lose and lose and lose, you get into a pattern of this is just our fate. Whereas when you play like this and you are a little bit closer to five hundred, or you may you know you may hang into a race a little bit longer before you fall out, it gives you some kind of it gives you that feeling that you know. We can get there, and that we liked the way that felt. We don't like the way losing feels. We can compare the two. We want to be more like the one and then the other, and so therefore you're more determined to get back to playing that way again as opposed to we're going to lose, be a losing team for five seasons in a row, and then, then all of a sudden we're going to flip that switch where it just doesn't always happen that way. So I think that there's a lot of benefit to this, especially for a young team, to learn how to come together and play the right way and win games. I think there's great benefit in this. This, yeah, may you, you might not get the first overall pick in the draft. You may not. But you're still going to be in a good spot. You're still going to be in a good draft spot. Like it, you know, you can't keep trying for a 15% hope that you'll get that first overall pick and get that star player. You can't keep doing that. This is the right way to go about it. I, I just, I've been saying it for years, and then I go on and on and on and on with it. I, I don't disagree with what the Flyers are doing. I like the way that they're playing. I like the way that they play under this coach right now. I'm not, I'm not certain that he's going to be the guy when they are competing for a Stanley Cup, but I do like what they're buying into and the way that they're playing. I think there's great value in this. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some truth to it. I mean, and we always say you have to learn to play the right way, and that is one thing Torts has tried to do from the, the get-go is yeah. get them to buy into, you know – the competitiveness that comes along with being a hockey player and doing all those right things. And he's done that and still the system in that guys can believe in. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. I, I don't think anything a coach does right. is perfect, but no, but, you know, I mean, you got to start somewhere and that he's, was easy, easy fix for him. He's far from perfect. He's oh, far yeah. from a perfect coach. He's got flaws. There is no doubt about it that he's got flaws, but from the perspective of we're rebuilding a team and we want this team to be these guys to learn how to win together and want to be good together down the road this is fine like like we could we could pick apart like little details and i think that there are things to pick apart for the coaching on little details i think that they're they're there there's nothing that's perfect here but the fact of the matter is is that you know everybody just wants always wants we got to get this superstar and that superstar and this superstar it's not that easy 
to just constantly go into that draft and and get that first overall pick and okay now we got that guy oh now we got that guy and let's remember long term the players and Bobby you've said this many times that the players that are going to win may not are not on this roster or may not even be in the organization at the moment with what they have and you look at what's coming and you say okay they got a couple nice pieces that are coming whatever that's great they still don't have that blue line guy they no. still don't have that right and they're far, they're not even close to having that they and they need more than one right i mean so i mean it, there's still a lot that has to happen for this team but in the moment aren't we doing aren't they doing themselves doing right by themselves to play this way and and to and to get good wins and good have build guild good character rather than sit there and get their ass handed to them night in night out like we want to see oh tank for the number 1 pick like that there's no benefit in that i'm sorry there's just not We've come a we've come a long way from when we actually hired. We felt they hired Torts as like the off season signing, you yeah, know, two summers ago. Right. And I really do believe that was part of it. Like I just, there was so little to to show off that I think they brought in a guy that you know we thought we'd get really good press conferences at the end of the night and look like a Bill Burr comedy stand up act at <laughs> times. But um, you know, we ended up you know right now. I mean, he certainly got his hand hand uh, firmly on this team from, you know, decisions, who's in and out of the lineup, different things. And um, you know what? Again, that's the hard part with a coach. Uh, when when you see something go on like that is that, well, it worked. You know, he was right. And Morgan Frost had a great game last night, and, and the coach sitting them got the desired results. Um, I personally think Morgan Frost would have gotten the desired results re- whether he wanted it or not. But But he wasn't playing the game the right way the first couple games of the year, and that landed him in the doghouse. So hopefully he continues like he did last year. He did turn a corner last year too, right? He had a good second half. Um, but he's also got to be better at the things they want him to be better at. I salute him last night, showed up against a big, heavy team, ended up with two goals. They don't. No one's going to care at one off escape. They're only going to see that he got two goals last night, and one of them was a the game winner. But yeah. Cal Peterson, yeah, great story. You know, No one thought he was going to even perform well. Uh, he had a terrible week last week, and then to go back in L.A. and uh, and to show what he, you know, play a really solid game, that's encouraging. Just have a backup finding a way to get you two points, a third backup essentially, you know. So um, that was a good, really, really good weekend by the Flyers. You know, Friday and Saturday night, excellent wins uh, in California, which is super hard to do, and uh, they found a way to do it. Yeah. Um... And I think that another thing that they did really well yesterday, you know, Peterson played a great game, but in front of Peterson, they blocked a ton of shots yesterday, Bundy. They played it yeah. like they were like they would play a playoff game, right? I mean, you're they put the body on the line uh, a lot, and actually, it's it sprung the um, the typical. I mean, Sean Walker blocks a shot and then gets the puck out into the neutral zone quickly to uh, to tip it. And he, you know, skates down the ice and scores the goal. I think that, you know, when you have those kinds of plays, again, those are character type plays. Um, that's what brings that locker room together, too, man. You're playing for each other, and and you, you know, they know that they they know, in deep deep down that they are what they are, but they also know that they can have nights like last night where you go up against a really good team who's playing really good hockey. And if you just play like you wanted a little bit more, you can win a game. And they did last night. 
Yeah. Yeah, they did. They they kind of took L.A. down a little bit and, and, and did a lot of the same things the Kings did to the Flyers here. The Flyers were able to do to them there. The Flyers didn't dominate two hockey games. I mean, don't be mistaken by that at all. But they, they were really good. They got opportune goaltending, too. And that's what it takes to win hockey games. You know, sometimes it's not it's never going to look pretty on the ice. But a goaltender can mask a lot of issues that go on in the course of a hockey game. And at the end of it, it's a team win. And this was certainly a, a very good weekend coming off a horrible loss to San Jose, you know, for their first one of the year. Uh, but they did follow it up, right, Russ? The Sharks, they did follow it up. The next night they beat who? The Oilers? Was it the Oilers? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and then so they got spanked. Go. And then they got spanked by Vegas. So Yeah, which is predictable. <laughs> predictable. Russ, you've been kind of quiet over there. You all right? You good? How's your morning? little coffee warmer there, Russ? Got that coffee thing up there, great. Rusty boy? Coffee, coffee warmer is great. I, I lifted the screen high so it wouldn't get knocked over again. You had a new keyboard I yesterday? Just, I, find, I find myself living in this world where, like, Ant is absolutely a victim of the moment. And so, like, the Flyers win two games that they don't dominate, but they walk away with the win. And everything's rainbows and smiles, and Ant's vindicated and, like, you know. They're learning how to win, and they're not that far away, and getting a top pick, yada, yada, yada. And I still sit here in the same place that I've been for two years now saying, team still needs top-end talent. This is fine. You can go and, and win these games, and I don't want to poo-poo on anybody who like feels great about beating the Kings last night. It's a nice win. Cal Peterson, very impressive in that game. Otherwise, has not been impressive. Uh, Morgan Frost had a great game. Do I think this has anything to do with John Tortorella sitting him and embarrassing him for as, many, as many games as he scratched him? Not at all. I don't think that's that that this is is the the case at all. I would even assume that if Frost plays two more games and doesn't play particularly well, that he'll find himself back out of the lineup. I think you can only play the mind game so many times before it falls on deaf ears. Um, and and again. I still don't think that this coach is the guy who's going to lead the team when they're ready to contend. So, like, I, I just fundamentally, I don't agree with the, the thought process that you should have a coach in place who the players are either playing in spite of or are playing to shove it up the coach's ass, as you said, when the whole thing right now is supposed to be about learning how to win, building the culture, all that. I would rather see that come through somebody being positive and uplifting to those guys and try to unlock their potential oh, yes. than, to, than, yes. to play, than to play the mind games. Let's let's be happy. Go Let's give everybody, you know, their flowers every day. Oh, you guys are fantastic. You guys are great. You're great I guys. I you take it to the extreme. It's, dude, this is your what problem. Do you want? This, is your, this is a professional this is, sport, this man. This is the best. Said, this, yeah, this is. I said to you. I said to you the other day. Such, see, this is the oh, thing. It's so this bad. is what you do. This is what you, what do you do. When you. What do you want? When, explain to me. This is, explain this to is the, the problem. Explain to our viewers. Where's our listeners. Where's the guy who explains when, you, when I talk over you? Where's he at today? Is because I'm giving. I'm giving it back to you. I'm telling. I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to turn off my mic in a second. You have. Explain to everybody what you want. Explain you, to everyone you want, what you want. What, Here's I, what I, he I, wants I right here. Here's what he wants. I, You know what? No. No. But I will tell you that there were more players that were developed into other NBA caliber role players with Brett Brown than there were following. So I don't know. Like, I, I don't want that. I don't think that works in hockey. So, like, I don't so, want to. So I don't what want do you want? I told what you the last you time. I, I told you what kind of coach I think is better for it. I think that somebody who's built in like the the Scott Gordon mentality is probably better for this generation of player. And right, he doesn't Scotty have to Bowman, be the coach when you in. flip. Huh? <laughs> Let's get Scotty Bowman in here. No, I'm just like, 
I, that's just where I'm at. Like, I think that that's a better way to go about it, about building those guys up. And if, if that coach doesn't, you know, get the results and you decide that, hey, we're ready to flip the switch in three years and you want to bring in a proven coach, right. you want to bring in the, the Vino who's going right. to push so it you're to the three, moon. You're three years away from being three years away from being three years away. No, or you put or you want to put in the John Tortorella who's supposed to put the team over the top, then that's the time to do it. I just don't think that now's the time. That's it. You could you could argue that I don't have a problem with you arguing that this isn't the right time for Tortorella. What I have a problem with I've you arguing for a while. Now, but yeah. what I have a problem with you arguing is we need a coach to build these kids up. No, no, we don't need a coach to build these kids up to tell them that how great they're going to be. That's not what I said. But that's what you want. No, because you live in this like bullshit world where it's like you can you can uplift a player like you can you can actively not play these kind of mind games with a player and still get them to be successful. I, I, right? Look, I think he but, does I think he does a lot of uplifting in these press conferences. Sure. I, I really do. I think he talks positively about a lot of players all the time. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. does. He does he criticize too? Yeah. He's honest. Just depends what night of the week it is. Yeah, he's honest. He's blunt. <laughs> Dude, you make you make this guy sad. I mean, listen, John Tordell, lovely coach, all that great. Won a cup twenty years ago. You are infatuated with this guy I'm in a way that I haven't seen. The last time I saw you fall this hard for somebody hired by the Flyers organization, it was Chuck Fletcher when you spent like two or three <sighs> years twisting yourself in knots to say that he was a better GM than people gave him credit for until it was time and until like the rubber met the road and then it proved that he wasn't that guy. Tortorella is fine. I'm not saying Tortorella is a bad coach. I'm not saying that he's uh, somebody who couldn't help to develop some of these guys. I just don't think that the mind game thing is ultimately going to bear the fruit that you might want it to. Is this a positive sign? Is them going out and winning back-to-back games a positive sign? Absolutely, it's fine. But they don't have the skill. They are going to lose a lot of games. I want to see what happens when this team does hit that six-game skid, that seven-game skid. Then I want to see not, how Twitter— they may, not, they may not hit and, one this year. And if they don't, that's great for them. But if they do, I want to see how Tortorella responds then. Because that, that, to me, is a better sign of what we could be looking at. That's my problem. Like, that's my issue right now. I just want to see how that's going to play out. Because I don't think that Morgan Frost, again, is an 80-point player. I do think that Morgan Frost probably deserves to be in this lineup, or at least has deserved to be in this lineup far more than he has been. And I think that this was not a masterful stroke of coaching genius. I genuinely think that there is an issue between this player and coach, and that this coach, for whatever reason, has to have his guys in the doghouse. He picked Frost. I don't want to see one of the guys who you think – potentially could be a building block or somebody who might get you something in a trade to then all of a sudden be the guy in the doghouse. Pick a vet who's been in this league for 10 years. Pick that guy. Put him in the doghouse. If that's what you have to do, if that's safe to make the example. Don't play mind games, but just play mind games with other guys. Do it with the the vets who have no value long term. What are you saying? I I was just very clear about what I'm saying. Like coach is coach, man. Like Mm -hmm. coach is coach. Players are players. Coaches are coaches. Players respond to coaches in different ways. Coaches treat diff- treat players differently, all players differently, in every sport, everywhere you go. This is what it is. It's how you it's done. Be, there's coaches that come in, too. Like, I really feel like in a lot of the younger guys that were, were small, like, I felt Vigneault was useless here. Like, when I look at some of the Chuck hires, like, he was completely fucking useless. I don't think he – he came here to coach, sip martinis, and cash a $5 million-a-year paycheck for five years. That's one of the biggest clown contracts I've ever seen in sports, let alone coaching. Torts actually makes less than that. He probably deserves way more, but he's making a lot of money too, right? So, again, 
his job's to make the team better. But in terms of development, um, it's it's tough. I think I think I really feel those guys that were here with Vino. I think they lost a lot of development years too. Like I don't think a whole lot was going on then. And um, and so it's he kind of got to reclaim it a little bit. Torts has got a unique job here because, listen, he's not a rebuilder. He he would I don't think he'd want to get put in the spot with a rebuild. So how do you get a guy involved? You know, with a rebuild, you got to overpay him. Um, it's a, it's a it's or you a give tough, him or you give him a little bit more personnel control than maybe, a coach might have. I, I don't know what not, he has again, worked into his contract, Ross. But I, yeah. again, like he 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 clearly has carte blanche to do whatever he wants that's pretty evident um and he's been for the most part this year pretty patient like he said good things about guys at the end of games um he's deferred a lot when he hasn't seen guys like the cam york bad game last week he said uh you have to ask him about his night but do i believe rust when you said if they go six or seven deep on a losing streak that he loses it absolutely yeah, but he'll lose it. He'll lose it on the whole team. Like he yeah, won't, point, he won't yeah, yeah. single-handedly my, my point. point one player out and say this guy sucks and we're losing seven in a row. He'll put that all <clears throat> on the whole group. Well, sure. At that point, yeah. Right? I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not I mean, saying I that. I, yeah. I I don't expect him to publicly eviscerate a player. If I if I said that, then that wasn't what I meant. I think what I mean is, if they go on a skid, I want to see what he does in terms of his personnel decisions. And like, do we see like Bobby Brink comes out of the lineup? Right. That's fine. <laughs> Like, I think was, we, and I like, think it was deserved. And, and it was probably deserved. Yeah. If Tyson Forster two or three games ago had come out of the lineup, we would have said, hey, that's deserved. And that's where you say, all right, go sit up in the box, watch the game. Comes back to the Bundy principle that like he's talked about for two and a half years with us. Like, there's a lot of value to that. And especially with a young player, there's value to that. But having a guy sit five, six, seven games when, again, there's supposed to be somebody that you think has some kind of value either to your team short term, long term, or on the trade market – Sitting that guy for six or seven games doesn't make sense. So it's just where I'm at. Like, I, I do want to see this team do well. Nobody likes to go down and cover a shitty team. This team can be woefully under-talented relative to some of the teams that are going to come into Wells Fargo Center. But you want to see them compete. Like, I think that Macro View, they have done a good job of playing a brand of hockey that is enjoyable to watch and doesn't feel like it's a waste of your money if you go down. And doesn't feel like a waste of your time if you, if you turn on the TV. Right. I think that ultimately, if, if we're all going to agree on something, it should be that like if that's the thing that Tortorella has brought to town, that's a good thing because okay. we sat through multiple years of this team just being dog shit to watch. So 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 this is this, and that's fine. And that's totally fine. I, I, you're not wrong with that. Let, let me let me throw it to you this way then. Let me let's continue looking at the Morgan Frost situation. And Bundy, I'll throw it to you first. And Rush, you can chime in on this as well. Thank um, you for permission. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to hear your opinion. I, I do. I just want to hear you your opinion. You guys are like twin brothers from different mothers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when you have, uh, um, when you look at when you look at what what where Frost stands, right? I mean, one of the the things that I think. What do you think the biggest criticism? If you're John Tortorella, like if you were, you know, if we had him in a private room and and he was talking to us and telling us what he didn't like. So I'll go to Bundy. I'll go to you first. What What do you think would be um, the biggest criticism that he has of Morgan Frost as a player? Uh, that he doesn't go into the high traffic areas, right? That would be. That's exactly what I think. Ultimately, I mean, you could maybe say it a different way, but I think that that would be his biggest 
uh, glitch against Frost is that he doesn't go into the areas where you are rewarded for going through a battle. And you need and a little I, bit of a, you need a little bit of a belly to do that, right? You need a little you bit do. of a stomach. That, to do that, that right? would be what I would say. So, and, and again, if I'm thinking he's saying it, then I'm thinking it too. Okay, all right, and and that's fair. And that's and Ross, do you agree with that? I mean, I think that yeah. I just want to make sure. I think it's okay. that. I think it's that, and I think it's a, a matter of not playing that 200 foot game. I think it's a lot of times he does the same thing that like we criticize a Cam York for, which is like you just sit back and let the game come to you, okay. and like you know. Good, Go no, and, that's, and that's great. Do you, do, you have, do you have do you have the answer? Well, no, 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 no. No, but this is going to go to Primos I, and grab like a like a a sopran- <laughs> Get the Soprano. No, but the reason I'm setting this seed I'm setting this all up. seated too. I'm setting this all up. This is the thing I've been teasing for a few days with Frost, and it actually kind of worked out that we got two goals out of him last night to kind of discuss this. Okay, so that's the reason. Are you paying off the tease? I'm paying off the tease, yes. Paying off the tease. There were a bunch of people yesterday when we did morning after who were like, you can't do this to us. You can't do this to us. Everybody, round of applause in the comments. Ant is about to pay off the tease. Go ahead. So this, okay, so we now know what, you know, we we all kind of agree on what it is that that Frost, that he doesn't like about Frost. So I was, had a a conversation with some some people, um, you know, last week and about this whole situation and kind of comes to the, comes to light that, you know, Morgan was 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 kind of being advised to to not sign the contract that he signed. That he was being advised to hold out into camp, um, and really, tr- you know, that he could have gotten more money than what the Flyers gave him. And Morgan, on his own, decided that that he didn't want to do that. You know, he wanted to get in. Um, he wanted to get into camp for the start of camp. He wanted to be there. Wanted to be there for his teammates. Wanted to, you know, prove that he could be the guy that he was at the back end of last season. Um, but in the process of doing that, he missed some of those unofficial practices, right? Where the where there's coaches aren't allowed to be on the ice, but the players are all out there doing things that the coaches want them to do. Okay, so he wasn't part of 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 those, and and maybe that, you know, bothered towards a little bit yeah I wouldn't say it's a thing that he should let bother him it's not training camp so he shouldn't let it bother him but maybe it did maybe it bothers him a little bit right so Frost comes in he signs a deal right it's a it's certainly considered a team-friendly contract and then he comes in and he starts he has a pretty good camp by all accounts he had a pretty solid camp for the Flyers and then like Bundy said comes out and he plays two shitty games to start the season wasn't alone, but other guys did as well. But he has two shitty games to start the season, and he gets benched. Okay, and then he's benched, and he has to sit for six games. And he's not happy about it. He's not happy. That he's missing all those all those games. But it's one of those things where maybe he kind of understands it because the team's playing pretty good hockey, and you know, hey, you gotta you gotta wait to get back in because of that. Okay, fine. He's not happy, but okay, fine. But then he gets when he gets benched the second time and gets scratched the second time. That's when it's like I need the team to come to my defense. I did them a favor and they didn't do they didn't they're not getting my back on this. They're not having my back on this. When he comes back out of that, he's got to have that fire. He's got to have that belly what that we just talked about Bundy. And since he's been back, I think you're seeing him play with a little bit more vim and vigor in his game. And I think yeah. that that's and I think that that's kind of where what do we need to do to get him to have that 
stomach to go play in those harder areas of the ice and and get his game to the level we need to get him at. Now, we can argue all day long, was it the right thing, is it the right thing for Torts to do it the way he's done it? But I think that there's a belief that the organization didn't help him out here either. And so maybe, yeah, it's you want to stick it to the coach, but maybe it's now about not just proving it to the coach, but proving it to the entire organization that I'm a player that can that can be a benefit to this team. Yeah. I'm not just out there to get back at the coach. I want to show Danny Briere. I want to show Keith Jones. I want to show everybody in this organization. Guess what? I'm the guy that you think I am. That you that I'm I'm better than you think I am and I'm going to be part of this. I think that's more of the motivation for him right now. And maybe it works. And if it doesn't, and if he goes back to being that guy that's that's just not willing to go into those spots, well, then maybe then you know all you need to know about Morgan Frost and you try and find him a new home. But I think this is part of the evaluation process, ultimately. And I don't necessarily – I think it's gone at, – at times has it gone too far? Yes, probably. But at the same time, I understand why it's happening. And I don't necessarily think it's wrong to try and find that. If that's what you think is the one thing that's missing from this kid's game that needs to get better – then you need to find a way to push him to the point where he can either give that to you or you know that it's never going to come. All right. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean put so much, tell me I'm he wrong. He put so much into that, and I think he was like expecting us to have like a an epiphany. I don't know. Like, no aunt, epiphany. Like to, do you want us to lay like rose petals at your feet <laughs> with that tick? <laughs> No, no, I don't want to. <laughs> no, I just want to see. It, it, does it make sense? Phantom, like Bundy, King, Joffy, with, uh, King Joffy Phantom, Jopa, right? Yeah, from, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, coming I'll to America. With some palm. I'll fan him with some palm fronds. You feed Ant some grapes, all right? Just like uh, let him lay there in his toga. He'll be so excited. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you, you might be right. But this is, I think, where you and I just like look at, at things differently in that like, I just don't think that like you should have had him sit out for so long to get that point through because one of two things is at play then. One, I just questioned the coaching decision to sit him for so long. And two, if it really was going to take six games of being scratched in a row to unlock this, then I have a question about the player. Like that, like if, if it took six games worth of being scratched for him to like show what he had to show in practice or whatever it was that led to towards putting him back in the lineup, then I would have more of a concern about the player himself. That like why did it, why would it have taken you six games worth of time and practice for the coach to feel like he could put you back in? That that to me would be I guess a little bit of a concern. Now look if if ultimately Frost takes off in a big way and he has a strong remainder of the season and there's seven eighths of a season to go right, then we can come back. I'll eat crow. I'll say Tortorella made like this brilliant tactical decision. I just don't think it's gonna play out like that. But like maybe he will. And if he does, it's gonna, it, it could really behoove the player and the team because whether it means that he's going to be part of this team going forward or it means that he's now raised his trade value and he can get you something back, all right, then cool. Like then, you're in a, then you're in a pretty good position. Yeah, so. well, see, that's the thing. I don't disagree with you on this, Russ, because uh, I think this is where, where we fall on the ladder of what Morgan Frost is. I think Bundy likes him more than, than me, and I think – I do. Yeah, yeah. And, and that and that's fine. I mean, like you know, I I I don't necessarily think we're going to get that 
full season Morgan Frost. I think that there's flashes of it, but I, what I'm interested to see is how he responds to this. Like, is, is this the thing that needed to get the fire in the belly? That's what I want to see. If he does that, if he has that on a, on a more regular basis, then I agree. I think he's a good. he's got the talent to be a good player. I just think it's one of those things where up to this point in his career, I've looked at him and said, there's something there, but I'm not convinced it ever gets there because of the way he plays. That's all. And, and, and if, 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 you know, and he may never get there. He may get there. And I, I, I root for it. I want to see him get there. Good. Get there. I'm not sure he does, though. I don't think any trade that they ship Morgan Frost for will ever get back in that trade the point production that he will give. That's me saying that openly. Whatever they think they're going to get from him, Morgan Frost will get more points in his NHL career than anything they get for him. I promise you can bet the house on it. Write it down right now. Mark it down. Don't forget it. I promise you right now that they will never get a good return on him because, first of all, they beat him down too much. And the second thing is I think he's going to – I think he can play. I actually think this – maybe not – I don't have Bill Meltzer love for him, and I love Bill. But I have enough – Dude, I've seen enough players in this league that do nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now that there's a spot somewhere in this league, and wherever he goes – he will produce points, maybe not 80 of them a year, but he's going to produce enough that he'll play in this league long enough. And whoever they try to trade him for will never, ever, ever get back the points that he was going to get. You may get a different type of player, but if we need another plumber, then you're making the wrong trade if you're thinking about getting a plumber back in return for Morgan Frost. I like it, Bundy. By the way, Ross, it's did gutsy. you see this one? It's a, it's a gutsy, gutsy take. Do you see this comment, Russ? You this can write it down. I don't care. You mark yeah, it's a deep down, thinker. Russ, I do this all the time with my work. This one is my pain. God help us when you're all on the same page. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, can can a day ever come where we're all going to be on the same page? I think that there are certain things that we both. I think there are things that the three of us agree on across the board. What yeah. they are, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure if we put all our heads together. Me and Anthony together, we, are we logically tied to the game, Russ, where you're a little mm-hmm. bit of a numbskull. And that's <laughs> okay. Um, that's fine. We love you, and and you do an amazing sure. job, kind of teeing us up, can, and you and we do value your opinion. I sit here can, and listen can, to it. And, can we and just can we clip that? <laughs> yeah, but I think me and Anthony are just kind of a little bit around. It's a little longer, and, uh. and, and we do have shared values and shared thoughts. Sometimes we differ. Um, but yeah, you're you're doing a great job, Russ. Keep up the good work, kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the day I stopped loving Bundy. What a sad day. All right. Everybody have a great Sunday. Uh, Now let's get to, there's, there's one other thing that we wanted to get to today. Uh, And, and it's sad. It's actual, it's, it's sad news. It came out uh, just before we hit record. Uh, Roman Czechmonic, former Flyers goalie, also former Kings goalie, uh, passed away this weekend. Um, Bundy, I, I know that you had mentioned before we went live that uh, Chekmonik was kind of his his own guy, kind of a, an odd bird sometimes. What goalie isn't? I wanted to see, do you have any stories about Roman Chekmonik that might bring a smile to someone's face here on a Sunday morning? You know, I, I um, he was just such a different guy. Like he was living in his own world even when he was over here. 
not a bad guy, like never a bad guy, just different, you know. And, and when you bring a Euro uh, goalie over back then that's had a lot of success, uh, you know, and he had some crazy good numbers when he was here. I just felt like, you know, I don't know what if he understood the whole NHL season and how it went. But I will say one thing. He is a character. Like, he was a character, and he was a pretty decent guy, you know. And, and when I say that, like, I mean, for there was a language barrier, you know. When I say decent guy, we didn't get a chance to fully get to know him um, because because of that. But, you know, however this went, I don't know what happened, but it's sad. Like, I'm the same age as me, you know. I'll be that same age next month. And uh, he was a teammate. Um he had a good heart, a family. Um, he was a different guy. Like there was so many things that he did, I think, to push guys' buttons sometimes too, like in the wrong way. And there was always those crazy stories. But I don't, I don't want to focus on them right now. I just want to focus on the person and, uh, and his family and a guy that was one hell of a goalie when he was dialed in. I mean, he was unique. He was like a little bit like Dominic Hasek in his unorthodox style of stopping the puck. He was not a good puck mover or, or a stopper of the puck in terms of holding it for defensemen to, to wheel around the net, but um, far too young to to uh, to go. Uh, uh, and uh, my heart and thoughts are with his family and, and friends. Uh, really, really tough to see that. Yeah, when I remember, he used he was one of those guys who used to stop the puck with his head. Bunny, remember when he yeah. used to make those saves? We would throw his just like hit it with his helmet. Yeah. Instead yeah. of it was just weird. It was like what it was. It doing? was odd. Yeah, yeah. He butt it in the corner, kind of. You know, one of the yeah. things was we used to be like. You, I do remember one thing we used to tell him, like, dude, like I, you never played baseball, did you? Because he <laughs> it was odd. Because you know, it's funny. Like a lot of the European goaltenders, they weren't known for having good glove hands, and a lot like they would, it would kind of like turn their glove in or whatever. And a lot of people over here attributed that to, to not having a lot of baseball or kids played baseball, both Canadians and Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, as kids and and, and made that makes sense a little bit you know when you're you're just the way just that kind of hand eye goes but he was not known for that and um but he was a character he was a character and he was funny and and uh he'd give me he'd give me shit on the ice sometimes go back get a pocket he'd be like bandy bandy you know and i'd be <laughs> yelling he had those big loud big uh a big loud voice and that unique mask but uh uh you know Again, my my thoughts are with his family. It's just awful. Do we know what happened, guys? Is there any? No, I haven't seen Not anything. Yet. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, yeah, that's sad. It's sad. Um, I do. I mean, the the thing that we always remember, Bundy, is you know the when he flipped out at the bench in the playoffs when he got. I think it was was it Hitch that pulled him. I think it was Hitch. Yeah. yeah. And he came over to the bench and started screaming. I think Brash was yelling back at him. Why do I think it was against New Jersey? I forget who it was against, but I thought it was maybe it wasn't the Dev, maybe it was Buffalo. I forget who it was, but um, I just remember him like losing it on the ice, yelling at the team. But um, well, he pulled himself out against Buffalo. Like he came. That's what he's like. Yeah, and then they put Bush in, and he was no better. I mean, it was. It was in Buffalo. I think Czech Monic gave up four in the first, and then oh, was that the eight nothing game? Yeah, it was awful. And then they put Boucher in, and he was just yeah. brutal too. But they yeah. had, uh, and the whole team was. I mean, we were all just god awful. It was a, it was an elimination game. The one thing I'll tell you, it was, it was so weird. When, uh, I remember once he, he Czech Monic had said something. This is really, I, I don't know how I pulled this one, and um, he said something either to the media or he did something to something on someone on the ice. And Desjardins, who was the most professional of professional players, we had practice the next day. 
And he said, warm-ups today, every shot high and hard on Czech Monik, which I'd never heard before. That was Desjardins. And he was the first guy to go, put it right off his mask. And uh, and Czech Monik realized pretty quick, wow, every, every puck is by my head. What's going on here? And it was something that he did or said to the media, and it was completely against uh, the thought of the team or the, what we were trying to accomplish. Um, that was interesting, but he was a different bird. There's no doubt about it. Um, he had those a couple of his buddies here, Radovan Somic, and who was the guy that was the he was bald? He looked like he was 50 when he was like 28. Um, Depita. Oh, Yuri Depita. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Terrible. Yes. He looked like he was 50. But yeah, but he did. Um, yeah. He already had the four goal game, and then he had the the best player uh, not in the NHL, and there was a reason he was not, not playing in the, in the NHL right now. <laughs> there was a reason he was not in the NHL. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right, we're off on a tangent, Russ. Uh, what are we back? Okay, I, guys, know, I, I, I'm trying. It's to, good on a Sunday. You know, I'm trying to give something a little bit, get some clarity here. Mm. Yeah. I did pregame radio last night, and I was told that the team was flying home after the game last night. Is that true, Anthony? I thought they were going to Vegas for three days. That's I don't know if somebody was trying to like kind of conceal something from me, but like, mm. oh, the team's flying home right to Philly tonight, Bundy. What's that like? And I'm like, aren't they going to Vegas? And pretty sure like, they're. What are you talking about? It sure no, sounded sure. like. Yeah, you sounded like you knew the scoop. Yeah, no, Torts has talked about it already. <laughs> like they're going to Vegas. I have to let the Flyers broadcast network know that they need to get their schedule in order. Yeah, well, I mean, he's on the trip. Brian Smith is on the trip. I do pregame. It sounded like it was news to him about going to Vegas. Yeah, maybe. You know, whoa, um, whoa, hold on. What if? Wait, hold. On. Was Brian the one who said it? Could that? Mean- well, here's all. It looked like. I looked like when I said it, they were like, oh, "We shouldn't have said that." I'm like, "I don't care." Everybody, we talk. Are those guys? Are are those guys traveling with the team? Because if so, are they are they trying to get a little cover? Were they were they saying that maybe they were going to go to San oh, no, Jose Jason, for a few days, a few few beach yeah. days? No, because so the week uh, I got the uh, schedule. They're they're not practicing. Obviously, not practicing today because of um, uh, they played two nights in a row, and they're right. off again tomorrow. He gave them an off day tomorrow. They're in Vegas. I'm pretty sure they flew after the game last night. They went. They flew to Vegas, and I think it's three days in Vegas, two days off. Pretty certain that that's what's happening. Off today, off tomorrow, and then Tuesday's game in Vegas. Set up by our new president. <laughs> That said team bonding is called yeah. goaltending. <laughs> you know what happens? Well, I think every guy that goes into like management, they're like, oh, we got to do a team bonding. I think it's just yeah. a natural progression of what goes on. But yeah. you don't have to spend a hundred grand to bring three people in. I have no idea who they are to tell you how to win. Yeah, no, that that you know, I don't think I don't think those little bonding events are necessary. I think, you know, when you want to give the guys go somewhere with the guys and just let them be be, be yes. guys. Let them yeah. let them you know let loose on the town and just have fun for a couple of days. I, I'm all in favor of that. I, I did agree. like it. I remember I remember the one year where we were in Fort Lauderdale and they got down there early and it was just like hanging out on the beach for three days, no practices, nothing, just kind of on the beach. I remember they tied <laughs> they tied Yoni Pitkin and <laughs> they had they had rented a um, uh, which call it um, uh, hammock and for on the beach. And they, Yoni was laying in the beach, and I guess he had fallen asleep, and they had tied him up inside the hammock so that when he woke up, he couldn't get out, and then they left him there. 
Somebody, somebody mentioned uh, Yanni Ninema to me the other day, and I, he, you know, he, I, and all I can think anytime I hear his name is that he went to a Metallica concert on the day of a game when they had a free concert in the parking lot. What? They did. I swear to God. There, so That's somebody right. can find it. Yeah, there was there was a free concert. I think that like somebody did yes. in the parking lot at the Wells Fargo Center on a game day. It was yes. like Thursday or something. And yes. he decided like he loved the band. He was going to go to the concert in the afternoon and go play the game that night. And I thought it was fine, like whatever. But you now people were like just crazy about like, oh, you can't do that. That's incredible that he did that and whatever. Yeah, but that was, no, that's that was right. all I remember when I hear Yanni Ninema. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was Metallica too. If I'm, not, I think it was you're right yeah. on with that's that. That's insane. <laughs> Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Oh man. Greg, yeah, yeah, Greg our buddy Greg good. got it. D lot. He said it. Yeah. yeah. It's true. So yeah, it was it's weird because it was an afternoon concert. Like maybe in the spring. And it yeah. was I don't know what they were doing, if they were promoting something, but that there'd be a day concert. It was bizarre. And I remember he went to it and it was just like, you know, I mean you made a thought like it was the worst thing ever, and it wasn't, mm-hmm. but anyway. Yeah. All right, guys. Yep. I think it's probably about, you know, we always say it's going to be 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Here we are. It's been almost an hour. Yeah. It's a beautiful Sunday. Everybody go enjoy themselves out there. The Eagles don't play today. Enjoy the bye week. Enjoy today. And uh, if you haven't done so, go back and listen to the episode that we did on Friday of just the regular Snow the Goalie podcast. We talked about a whole lot of stuff. It's a show that's absolutely going back and worth listening to. If you're in the podcast feed, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't done so, if your app only downloads the most recent episode. Go find it's like it'll be now two episodes ago, uh, and it has the, a beautiful name on it. It's great. Go listen to that show. We'll be back later this week with it, another morning after. So that'll be Thursday morning. We'll have a regular snow the goalie probably one of the first days this week, and then we also have a press row show coming on Saturday and Sunday of next weekend as the Flyers take on the Golden Knights, and the Blue Jackets. So for Ant, find him on Twitter, at Philly For Bundy, at Cetarian6. I'm Russ, at Joy on Broad. Thank you so much for watching, maybe even listening to Snow the Goalie. The Only Flyers podcast will be back a little bit later this week. Keep your eyes on social media, on your podcast feed, and of course, go to YouTube, ring the bell, subscribe to the channel so you never miss an episode. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, have fun. We'll talk to you soon.